0: Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens.
1: Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 12 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Back again with your favorite podcast hosts, Jace, Max, and myself. Peter, anything interesting happened this weekend, guys? Or was it just like a normal week eight, of, you know, just a normal Sunday of football? Go I'll ahead, tell Max. you the thing
0: that didn't happen this weekend was that was one of the worst NFL trade deadlines I've ever seen. True. That was I- me, I was dude. Falling asleep. No one moved anyone. It was so boring. Like, oh, this guy might get traded. Trade him. I don't care. I don't really care if he loses your team value. Just trade him.
1: Yeah. should have like- traded. Robinson. dude, for Bear, sure. That
2: was the one guy I was pining for him and Marlon Mack. I was hoping maybe Marlon Mack would end up somewhere else, but
1: Tennessee, uh, and yeah. they wouldn't do in division.
2: I'm, yeah, that, that makes it tough, but man, that would have been a nice fit um, for the style of runner he is. But yeah, Von Miller was pretty much like the biggest trade and like it's on the defensive side of the ball. So in regards to what we do, here on the dynasty monarchy like that, that's irrelevant news man like we don't even play defenses in most of our leagues i do like the rams as a super bowl
0: pick though i really really do for sure plus 900 like we'll talk about that on the sports betting or, or podcast on saturday but like i think that with stafford and how cups playing i mean it's it's really it's crazy stafford it's- for mvp too
2: man
1: i could see it the 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 Beat writers in LA, they're going to work their little narrative that, you know, he's finally been unleashed. Mm-hmm. He has, looks to be. All right. So we are going to get into the episode. We have a good one for you today. We have our normal reports from around the realm, boom bust. Uh, and then a new segment we're doing this week, we're going to do mid season overreactions. So we're just about halfway done with the fantasy season. And we're going to do some overreacting based on what we've seen the first half of the season. Uh, that'll get a little little spicy, not going to lie. Uh, and then we're going to have our hit and miss of the week, as well as a quote from Max this week. Yep, still mm-hmm. thinking about the quote, you know. If oh. ever, ever comes to me in the moment, keep the keep Last the minute.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> well, that's always how it happens. And Jace is going to do our ad read for the day.
2: Yeah, today's episode, um, as always on Wednesdays moving forward now, um, episodes are brought to you by Game Day Liner. Um, Spice up your tailgate this season with the original turf truck bed liner Sport your team company or custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners designed and crafted in the US of a baby. Um, It's perfect for tailgates gyms home offices or anywhere you want to wrap your favorite logo. Um, Each product is pet party and work proof. So go ahead and visit gamedayliner.com and use our discount code dynasty 21 it's dynasty 21 all of it is um, lowercase. Um, so just to clarify that, but you will score fifteen uh, percent off your custom liner with that discount code. Uh, so again, Dynasty Twenty One to get fifteen percent off your own turf truck bed liner.
1: Yeah, thanks to Game Day Liner for the sponsor. Another week uh, of partnering with them. Super excited to have them part of the Dynasty Monarchy team. So moving into our report section, we're going to be a little bit quicker with this because there's not a lot of news, sadly, from the trade deadline. Uh, But first and foremost, Taysom Hill, he seems to be slated as the Saints starting quarterback after Jameis' tragic ACL tear. Uh, Most likely he will be out for the beginning of the year next year as well, Jameis that being. In any kind of league, are you looking to buy on Taysom's opportunity to be the everyday starter of the Saints for, let's say, the next at least two years? So the rest of this season and next season.
0: Uh, I'll I'll kick us off here. I think the only league that I'd be interested in buying Taysom Hill is in, like, I don't know if you guys remember last year, like in ESPN, they allowed him to play in tight end, was it? Yeah. yeah. So if your league still allows Taysom Hill to play tight end, then I'd buy him there and start him there. But at quarterback, whether it's a single flex or even super flex, like, yeah, he has rushing upside, but he's been hurt. I don't, I don't think he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Like I get, he can do it all. He's like a gadget kind of, but I'm not really buying him. If he's on the waivers, i definitely add him in Superflex, but single quarterback league, he has no value
2: to me, really. Personally, I'm on the other side of the things. Like, I love Taysom Hill, um, especially in Superflex. Not so much in one quarterback. Like, I'm probably not going out to pay a price on him. He's probably a waiver guy anyways. Um, if you're looking for a backup quarterback, I think it's good. Um, I was looking at from last year when he became a full-time starter for four games. Um, during those games, he was averaging 10 carries a game and about 50 yards on the ground. So you got yourself, you know, a nice little five-point baseline with that. Um, and right now, you know, Michael Thomas, I haven't heard any news on when he's getting back. And part of me thinks, you know, that's terrible. He's got no one to throw to in that game other um, other than Camara. But part of me thinks he'll probably run a lot more. Um, and, you know, they got their running backs all banged up. Uh, I mean, excuse me. I don't know why I was thinking of Baltimore for a second there. But they're, they're, they have
0: a new Baltimore running back on their team.
2: Yeah, yeah, I Mark got.
0: Kinger.
2: yeah, so Mark Ingram was from Houston, bro. Oh, sorry.
1: Yes, they were all, no, mixed, we're all up mixed up right right now. today. Mark Ingram's been everywhere on the globe. I feel like but, he was at Baltimore for a little bit,
2: though. He was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I just the the lack of weapons definitely concerns me. I do think it might help him a little bit. Um, on the rushing side of things, I just don't think he pre- presents a whole lot of upside until Michael Thomas gets back, where he's running and passing. So, I love him in super, super flex. Um, I, I I'd send a second rounder over there. Like that doesn't scare me off. I don't know if that's too low, too high. I really don't know how to evaluate him right now. But second rounders for a quarterback that runs like that, especially if you're in a four point per passing touchdown league, I love the guy still.
1: Yeah. My whole argument hinges on the fact that I love Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts is literally Taysom Hill uh, exemplified throughout the course of the season. So far, Jalen had a pretty bad Sunday where the, his team scored 42 points. Uh, so if, if you're a believer in Jalen Hurts, like I am, you have to be a believer in Taysom Hill's scenario. Uh, I know, I believe this stat and this is obviously coming off the top of my head, so I can't remember it exactly, but uh Jalen Hurts accounts for 82% 82 of his offense's yardage. Okay. And that's the highest in the league. So when Taysom's going to be inserted into that starting role, because I don't believe Trevor Trevor Simeon's going to be the starter on that offense, when he gets inserted into that role, a large chunk of the yardage on that team is going to go directly to him. So I think he's proof positive through – The Jalen Hurts that we've seen this year. Hurts hasn't had a didn't have a good game last week, even though his team put up a lot of points. But I really see Taysom having like a floor of like 18 points every single week, which isn't bad, especially in a super flex league.
0: That's a floor. I mean, I I'd take that, but I just feel like without Michael Thomas, I don't know, they could Hamara's been looking really good this year running the ball. I don't know. I'm staying away more so, but I I see both your points and especially like the Jalen hurts comparison. I do see that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I just think he's really safe. Like Sean Payton too. Like, I think he's a great coach. Like, you know, he's had a lack of weapons since Drew B since Drew Brees left, um, you know, like their main provider. Um, He still got this team winning and he made Jameis look pretty good. So Taysom has been in that system for such a long time. And I think, I think he's really got a good shot to be like the focal point of that offense alongside Camara, at least until Michael Thomas gets back. Which only time will tell. But speaking of another injury, I'm going to do uh,
0: news from around the realm part two here because our producer, Peter, had two quarterbacks being talked about. And I, I can't, I can't Peter, as much as I love you as a host, I can't talk about Mike White right now. And we're missing out on one of the biggest news from around the league, Derrick Henry, six to 10 weeks foot injury. Um, he's going to miss the rest of the year he's 27 we talk about running backs all the time what are you guys what are you doing with derrick henry if you're a competitor if like you're in that two two you're just you're
1: just asking because you're a holder
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm a holder in some leagues but i i have a trade out there right now which i'm not a fan of which we can talk about after you guys go but what are our thoughts on derrick henry is his career going to be the same what do we think
1: If you sell Derrick Henry now, you are never going to get equivalent value. You need to just wait until he comes back and then trade him in the offseason or trade him at another time. Obviously, you're not going to get as much as you could last week for him ever again. I feel like Mm -hmm. the the stink of this injury will never come off of him. He's already reached his all-time high, and we're on that descent, which we've been saying for a while. But you know what? I I would just wait because now it's going to be an all-time low sell. Yeah,
2: I'm so conflicted about it because, I, like, I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, if you're not contending this year and you're contending later, like, go get him and stash him. But like, we talked about it this off season, Guys that average as many or has have had as many touches as he has over the course of his career, um, and have two thousand yard rushing season, they all start declining almost immediately after, especially the season after. Um, I think back. I think there's what I said there were eight all um, 2000 yard rushers and each one of them or seven out of the eight declined the next year, either due to injury or just lack of production. And now Henry's joined the list, man. Like he's, he's um, become part of the trend. So I, I don't know, Max, I think if I were in your position, I think it's sh- like, if I'm trying to sell him, I'm competing now. I need something. I think something I'd be willing to do is maybe going after like a young running back that's on IR right now, because there's so many, um, maybe give them to a guy that's looking to compete later, but has a young running back that's on IR and is maybe out for a couple more weeks. Like would you do, if you needed it, would you do Derrick Henry for Clyde and Darrell Williams? So the chiefs backfield just to win this year. I,
0: I personally would. So it's funny you bring that up because I've had I had two trades in my league with Derrick Henry and I'm gonna read them both to you. And one involves Daryl Williams, actually. Okay. It was Derek Henry for Daryl Williams and Damian Harris. Which mm.
2: like
0: I mean I'm trying I'm trying to win this year, but I don't think Daryl Williams has much value after Clyde gets back. And I think Damian Harris is very touchdown dependent.
1: He he does have a lot of touchdowns this year, but he is very touchdown dependent.
0: Yeah, mm. so I'm I'm staying away from that one. And this one, like it would help me this year. It's uh Leonard Fournette in a 2022 second for Derrick Henry.
2: I
1: make it, make it a first and I'm in.
2: Oh, if, if you couldn't get it bumped up to, I think if I'm winning right now, you could probably convince me of that. Um, but because his name's so big, you could probably go back and ask for like multiple draft picks on top. Instead of just one second, I bet you could squeeze like two seconds and a third or, Two seconds and or one second, and then like a really young depth piece like McCole Hardman or something.
0: Yeah, I mean it's tough because when you look at Leonard Fournette's playoff schedule, he has New Orleans week 15, and they have a very good run defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina and then the Jets. I mean we've seen what teams do versus the Jets. We won't put Peter through that suffering, but it, that they one they lose. They lose versus the Jets. <laughs> But um, I don't know. Those are two interesting trades I had for Derrick Henry, and I just wanted to see where you guys stood. So, what I mean, would you guys do a first straight for Derrick Henry right now? Yes. I
1: do. i do a 23 first yeah. and a second. I, I The more I just – I hate to be, like, the bookworm, but, like, I've been looking a lot into this upcoming class, and it's kind of bum. It's mm-hmm. kind of booty. It's more like a, a defensive and offensive line class. I just like the next class a lot more and I'd feel more comfortable with the next class picks than this pick. I would even do like, I do it like a, if I had a 2022 first, I would just like trade it for a 2023 first plus at this point.
2: Yeah. I would definitely try to frame it like to the person you're sending the 2022 first over to for the 23 first, I would be like, yeah, I'm helping you out, you know, move up a year in the draft and then try to see what you can get on top of that. But back to what you're saying for a first for Derek Henry, I think personally that's probably like fair value just because of like the trend that we've seen and we talked about earlier, but I think his name carries so much. And I think you could probably talk your way into some more on top of that. We're going to see, but
0: that's going to wrap us up for the news from around the round. Peter, I think uh, you usually kick off the snake here. Usually tell who's going to start the snake draft today. I want you to
2: start the snake draft for. Uh, oh,
1: I was going to ask for rock paper scissors. I All feel that. like Max
2: is coming for your job a little bit today, bro.
1: All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well,
2: I I just I, when I look at the show doc, I like, we got to talk about Derek Henry. So for now, Peter, I just I just thought Derek Henry was like a given. How about how about to get Peter's one note in there? We do a, a yes no on it. We'll go. Is like is Mike White fantasy relevant? Yay or nay? I say if he clears waivers, yay. I I say nay, man. I think – I'm going to be really quick. Cooper Rush, Trevor Simeon, Mike White, all these backups, their first game against a defense like that. Defenses haven't seen it. They don't know what to expect. I feel like it always catches defenses off guard, and then the next week it's just like that second – foot just drops so hard so
0: nathan peterman that's who that reminds me of peter he's gonna go yep. throw like five picks next week
1: hey yeah. look thursday night football new york jets be there or be square <laughs> i'll be watching because it's football but i won't be happy <laughs> oh look you well, no more discussion.
2: elijah more in prime time come on let's go anytime on, there we go
1: how about this <laughs> leading into talking about the new york jets we're gonna get in the boomer bust in my boom of the week is a little man who I'm going to take my victory lap on, Michael Carter. I uh, I know in one of the earlier episodes we were a little bit nervous because he wasn't receiving as much work, but that seems to be Robert Sala's coaching style where everything is completely earned uh, in his system, and you only get reps if you earn it. Uh, I, for example, Denzel Mims really not seeing the <laughs> field much. Uh, he was out of training camp for two months and you know, he's getting slowly phased back into the offense, but you really got to prove your worth in Robert Sala's scheme and Michael Carter, even though we were a little bit cooler, we said, you know, pump the brakes on him earlier in the episode, earlier episodes. He has definitely showed out this past week. He was projected 10.24 points. uh, And this is in half point PPR. And he completely smashed that 27.7 and, I understand that everybody every now and again has like a decent game or whatever. And uh, you know, and then they just fall back into monotony. I gave him the eye test. I watched this entire game. He looked explosive, had some runs where he was running over people, second chances. He gets tackled. Knee doesn't fall down. He gets back up and runs for 20 yards. He, every single week his snaps have gone up except for this past week. He only had 70% of snaps compared to 72 the week prior, but he got, I think it's 14 targets, nine receptions for almost hundred yards. Mm-hmm. He finds his way into the end zone. I am saying you missed your opportunity to buy, look for a dip in the future and go get this man. Zach Wilson's going to realize what he has to do to succeed. And that's basically check down to all these other receivers and that he doesn't have to do everything on his own and go Carson Wentz and try to make every play. All he has to do is just dump it down to Michael Carter and it'll make his life a lot easier.
2: Yeah. Number one running back on the week, man. So that's fantastic. And I think I like what you said about Zach Wilson having to realize, you know, how to utilize him. I think the Mike White game was just like so beautiful in a way, like in that way, because like he made it happen. And Zach Wilson had to be sitting on the sidelines like, oh, I don't have to chuck the ball 60 yards into triple coverage, um, trying to make something happen to put points on the board. So I, I really like him moving forward. But at the same time, like I do, I still want to pump the brakes just a little bit just because it is the JETS Jets, Jets, Jets. Ooh, and, the uh, reek of the Jets. Yeah. And it's a little stinky, but I, I think he's most valuable to me in full point PPR and is easily in my top 24 now. Like I think they're going to continue this utilization. I think he's going to um, just have a really great floor based on four or five catches a game. So, um, I love it, man. And I'm, I'm glad to see him doing well. I know we had him stashed in the league for a long time, man.
0: We, we really did wait on him in uh, the Monarchy League for a long time. And I, I know that, like, a couple weeks ago, we are like, oh, like, is it time to just ship him off and try to get what we can get for him? And Peter's like, you know, just like, keep holding. What's another couple weeks? Like, Gotta, gotta have the faith. Apart. Gotta have the faith. It's very important, Peter. And I don't know. So, like, I guess my question would be, what would you guys pay for? Like, Peter, what would you feel
1: comfortable paying for him? So I drafted him in our Mike Vrabel league, which is our half point standardized league uh, with the 108. I was eyeing him up all summer long. Uh, Tried to like do everything in my, in my powers to get him. Uh, I was thinking Jalen Waddle, but he didn't fall to me. And I was really, really, really happy that Michael Carter did, especially because running back, that's pretty bad. Uh, I'd probably give up a first and a second, 2022 first and a second. I think he's worth a first just because of his, his floor. Mm -hmm. Would you give up like, like any running back out there, that's just going to catch a lot of balls. So the only difference like between him and chase Edmonds is the fact that like chase Edmonds is on like a a one-year deal and he's a little bit older and you know, X, Y, and Z, there's all these other factors. This guy's a rookie and hasn't even like had a chance to really get into things and got a lot of snaps taken away in college. He's got fresh legs. Uh, because for of sure. Javante Williams. This for is true. Sure. I'd rather have him than Chase Edmonds I really would. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, James Conner's been just
2: freaking mm-hmm. scooping up all those valuable touches at um in the red zone. But I think if I had a 2022 first, I would be trying to send that over for Michael Carter like so fast. Like we've just talked about it not too long ago. This class isn't presented or projected to be you know strong in the running back department. So I think if I could flip that into what looks to be a really solid, safe running back, like I'm all for it. And I don't think a lot of people would necessarily value him at that. I think a lot of people, especially some of the people that we play with um, that have dogged on us for sending picks out for guys. I I think a lot more people would think that that picks more valuable than Carter. But personally, I disagree. I'd be willing to pay that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, the pick does you nothing for this year, and you still have to hit on the
0: pick for it to become something. So Michael Carter does something for this year, and he's proven with a game versus the Bengals, who are good this year, but mm-hmm. okay. we'll see what happens.
1: Ask the Rams what they think about picks. Yeah,
2: nothing, dude. Super Bowl champion Rams. They just go on, it, on fire, man. it would be funny to see what they look like in four or five years and <laughs> see who's still hanging around on that team. All right, Jace, let's hear your boom. My boom uh, is Pat Fryermuth, a tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers, rookie tight end, that is. Um, This past week in half-point PPR, he was projected for 7.72 points, and he exceeded that with a score of 12.4. Seven targets this week, four catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I really love this kid, and, like, you know, coming out of the rookie draft and stuff, Kyle Pitts was just stealing the show in regards to tight ends. Like I really didn't even spend that much time on friarmuth Muth. Um, at the beginning of the season, that receiving core was so loaded and you just didn't know who to pick amongst the wide receivers, let alone a tight end. Uh, but Juju's gone now and the past two weeks since Juju's been out, Friar Muth has had seven targets. Um, and I, I just think he's going to keep it going. I don't think he's necessarily a top five player or anything like that, but, um, I think he's locked and loaded. Top ten has top five upside on uh, various weeks, and I just think he's going to be really safe. Five to seven targets a game, uh, depending on the game script. Um, but I, I love the kid, and Ben's looking to. It looks like he's really warming up to him. So um, he went two hundred one in our rookie draft this past off season, um, and I looked at Fantasy Pros to see overall where he was going, and he was an early to mid um, second round pick for everyone. So. I wanted to ask you guys, are you guys buying in like, what kind of price are you paying for them? And then, you know, how are you feeling about him long-term?
0: Yeah, I guess I'll kick us off here. I, I like, I really, really like the guy. I think even this year with big Ben and the weapons that he has, so he's competing with targets from Deontay Claypool. Um, I feel like they all can't stay. And I feel like Pittsburgh's, like I said before, they're not going to stay mediocre. Like they're going to go out and they're going to get a quarterback. So Maybe Dwayne Haskins can throw the ball to him. I don't really know, but he was a very – I mean, he's a great talent. Simba. Simba throwing him the rock. I, I really like him. I mean, he went 2-1 in our rookie draft. I don't think I'd pay a first for him. I'd, I'd do two seconds, though, for him. Yeah, I think so, too. I think
1: so, too. I think so yeah, too. I would do. I would definitely do two seconds. Uh, Shout-out, Driscoll. Driscoll was talking to me a lot during the draft process about who he wanted in the second I you know. I gave him my honor. I was like, "Listen, I won't take like whoever you're going to grab late there. I'll tell you who I'm going to get even though like I'm ahead of you, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing." And nice. he would not shut up about Fryermoos. Baby you know, Gronk. He... Baby Gronk. Yeah, <laughs> that's what
2: he nicknamed him, I think.
1: No, he uh, he loves him. Uh, and we can all see why now. Big Ben at least for this year, needs another Deontay Johnson because Deontay is mm-hmm. starting to get double teamed. Yeah. And and then, like, all these screens are starting to get noticed easily. Like, easily, he needs a little dump down. Uh, and Firemouth is perfect for that. So, I really love him this year. Uh, it's all going to depend on who they get next year, whether he falls into the Heath Miller realm or whether he can boom into, like, Mark Andrews or George Kittle, Kelsey mm-hmm. range. For sure. All right. So Max, Mr. Anonymous, never putting anything in the show doc. Who's your boom? My person's
0: actually in the show doc right now. You must've just looked too early in the day, but uh, (laughs) DK Metcalf is my boom of the week. Um, I, I really, I was going back and forth between him and Chris Godwin um, all day long, but I decided to go with DK and what DK has been able to do with Gino Smith has been nothing short of incredible. I mean, Geno Smith has this weird love for DK and just targets him in the red zone and just gets him his touchdowns that he needs. Um, Tyler Lockett had 11 catches this week. DK had like, I think it was five catches and two of them were touchdowns. So I just think DK's physical stature, physical abilities are he's just such a gifted athlete. And I don't care if it's Russell Wilson throwing the ball. I don't care if it's Geno Smith. I don't care if it's Simba throwing him the ball. I, I think DK Metcalf. Can get it done wherever he goes and he's so young he's like he's such a tremendous athlete and for me like we touched on it last week like I, I guess my question is where would you guys rank DK as like in a dynasty wide like what dynasty wide receiver is he for you?
1: What do I think
2: about where I had him prior to the season?
1: Like I'd rather have Jefferson I'd rather have CD I'd rather have Devontae. I'd rather have Diggs. Mm -hmm. So he's probably, like, somewhere in the top eight, top Uh, eight-ish. I just don't trust that Russ is going to stay. I I really don't. And I understand that Geno Smith's getting on the ball, but, like, that one game against – who was that – what was the game the other day? Not this past one, the one before.
2: Was that against the Saints?
1: Yeah. It was against the Saints yeah he had two catches the entire game, and like he had the one catch in the first quarter and didn't get one until the fourth
2: yeah. yeah i i um so I pulled up our rankings from the off season Peter, you had him ranked at six overall. I had him at eight, max, you had him at six um we averaged out at six point six six, and I think that's kind of like where I had it in my head is like six seven eight somewhere in that range, I'm very comfortable with who would we um, have over him? so um overall over him we had stefan diggs Devonte adams calvin ridley aj brown and tyreek hill
1: yeah i'd still so rather have aj i'd rather have tyreek and i would rather uh now those are the only guys i'd rather have ridley uh very sad news about calvin ridley and you know if you uh ever need help in your life with anything there's always people out there that love you and uh want to listen but uh he's Mm -hmm. definitely plummeted in the rankings for me
2: yeah there's a lot of unknowns surrounding him you know rest up calvin take care of yourself man that goes for anyone just like peter said you got things on your mind i think he was a really good example step away from stuff and take care of your health uh your mental health um that stuff's so important so yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think he's at least, just to kind of sum up everything, I think we can all agree he's a top-ten guy um, in oh. Dynasty, if not higher. Um, you know, the Geno Smith thing, that experiment's almost over. You know, Russ just got that pin taken out. Removed pin, ready to win or something like that. So so corny, man. He's a cornball. Um, he's a real cornball. God, you always know you're going to get corny stuff out of that guy, but he's a good football player. I'm not going to dog him, but yeah, lock, locked in. I think he's got top five upside, especially because of those touchdowns. You know, like you said, Max, he's not catching a ton of balls. But when he does, he's like always in the end zone. And I don't blame either of his quarterbacks. He's freaking humongous. Like
1: yeah. um, if I were out there, I would throw it to him all the time, too. So I don't know. I hate that he's a crybaby and can't admit that he's wrong. <laughs> Shout out Shannon Sharp. Yeah. I love Shannon. All right,
0: snake it back to you, Max. The snake, my favorite thing. So my pit, not my pit, my, sorry, I'm thinking. Uh, is that I, a wor- little I, word play there? I, yes, it is a play on words if it was intentional. But my pit is Kyle Pitts. And um, I don't think he can do it without being the two. I, I don't think that he can be a one without Ridley, without Julio. I just don't think he could have all the attention on him. Um we saw this week with no Ridley, he had two great games before that one without Ridley one with Ridley. Um, but I just feel like he's a rookie. Obviously it's going to take some time to develop, but like when, when I look at his games and like his stats throughout the year, he's had two big games and like, that's really all he's had. He hasn't done much other than that. He's had about four catches for 40, 50 yards. And then he had the two big games, one of one, which he scored touchdown the other, which he just went off for like crazy amount of yards. But I don't know. You drafted him so high in your rookie drafts, even in a startup draft, like he's being drafted like so high. And my question to this is like the whole tight end position, I feel like is just so slim right now. I mean, Waller's not performing. Kittle's on IR. Kelsey, we'll get to him later. (laughs) I mean, Pitts, I I don't know. The the tight end position is just really, it's mind boggling to me right now. So I'm Pitts is my bust of the week though. Don't all speak at once.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll kick us off. Pitts, I think, I don't know how much of the issue, like how much of what's going on is actually like his fault. Like, I think a lot of it can just be kind of attributed to Matt Ryan and Arthur Smith over there. Like the game plans that they're putting together, Matt Ryan is not the air yards king he used to be. He used to be so boring to draft, but every year you knew he was a top 12 guy who's going to throw for 400 yards almost every other week. But now, man, he's just not chucking it downfield as often. The game's running through Cordero Patterson. Mike Davis is getting his share again. Like, I think the offense itself is just not good enough to support what he is. Um, And I don't have any shares of Kyle Pitts, but if I did, I'm not panic selling at all. I think this is like tight ends in general are just long holds. They tend to develop a lot later in their careers, so... I I don't know, people were drafting him really high and redraft and um, and in startup dynasties for people that were, like, going to go for it this year. And, like, I I just, like, the tight ends take so long, and I get he's not a true tight end, but he's still, like, a rookie young kid out there learning how to play in the NFL. And, like you said, like, defenses have been focusing on him, and he's probably going through something he's never been through before. Um, You know, as you move up through levels in sports, like (laughs) – you know, I played a little bit of college baseball and the day I stepped onto a diamond, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not the best player on my team anymore. And I I think it gets more and more extreme as you move up. So I think he's being challenged a lot right now and we'll see what the future holds, but I think his talent has to shine through at the end of the day. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be this year or however long Matt Ryan and Arthur Smith are doing what they're doing.
1: Yeah, Kyle Pitts has been a little bit of a boom bust play Not to play on our own words there, (laughs) but now he's been a little bit of a boom bust play this year. And that's something that you should expect from a young guy, right? Mm -hmm. Every game, you know, some teams are going to keen on him a little bit harder than others. Some groups of linebackers are better than others. He's not at that point in his career where he can transcend the talent that is facing him. Like usually Travis Kelsey uh, at that position, it doesn't matter who's guarding him. He's always going to find a way to, get it in but we will talk about mr kelsey later uh but no i'm in complete agreement with you max he he has a little bit of learning to do
0: he's got some learning, but i think you could buy the dip right now i
2: really do definitely like the underlying numbers like when you look at the final box score he's probably had four like good relevant games two big huge games and then a couple double digit games i think if i'm looking in the right format this might be ppr but the target volume has somewhat been there i just they're just not meaningful targets in that offense in the way that they're moving the ball. So I think it's just going to take like a shift of the team for him to kind of come into his own. Just, I feel like he's just hung out to dry there right now. You know, Calvin Ridley's out, can't take any of the pressure off of him. They have no other passing weapons. So I mean, Russell Gage, Russell Gage bro. dude, does he even exist? What is like,
1: he got zero guy? targets this past week, dude.
2: I, he's taken like Gilmore? the T.Y. Hilton ghost. Nickname to a whole nother level, dude. The guy just dropped a, an egg on us. I think here it was, was Gilmore. Gilmore. This is a redraft question
1: mm-hmm. start,
0: cut, trade. Brandon Ayuke, Robbie Anderson,
2: Russell Gage. <laughs> I'm going to start Robbie. I'm yeah, going to trade Ayuke and drop Gage. You're going to start Robbie Anderson? Well, dude. I just think. He's just he a can't. nuke
1: away. Well,
2: yeah, well, I think there's one nuke. I feel like both of those guys might be just guys you want to get pennies on the dollar, like anything you can get. And I think IUK's name holds a little more weight than Robbie's at this point. Just yeah. done out there. I like it.
1: I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe I'm coping hard right now, but maybe a second half resurgence from IUK. Maybe man. Who knows? Hey, I, I heard Debo's a little banged
2: up, man. So, um, Alex, white something we talked about in the off season, injury prone guy, a little banged up right now. So, you know, if uh, he finds his way out of a game, yeah, Ayuk's value could definitely skyrocket.
1: And maybe he'll get out of the dog house with that. Uh, Jace let's hear your bust of the week.
2: Bust of the week is DJ Moore. Um, he was projected for 13.62 points in half PPR um, and he scored 7.9. So he had eight targets, caught four balls and went for 59 yards. Um, his last four games have been really disappointing from the start of the season. I think it directly correlates with old uh, stinky uh, Sam Darnold uh, as Andy Holloway on the, the fancy footballers likes to call him same Darnold. <laughs> I, I love that nickname so much, <laughs> but same old Darnold doing Darnold things. Um, the last four weeks, Um, it's been rough 6.3, uh, half PPR points against Philly 8.4 against Minnesota 10.3 against the giants and 7.9 against Atlanta of all teams. Um, he hasn't scored since week four. And my main question is, uh, to you guys, are we back to, um, the same old DJ Moore, like we are with Sam Darnold, no touchdowns, a lot of catches, good yardage here and there, but, not the top ten upside, not the top seven upside we were originally projecting.
1: Go ahead. Let's dude. let's see what happens when McCaffrey comes back. That's all I'll say. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, this I is agree. this is me kicking the can. I'm gonna kick the can down the street <laughs> right now. Kicking the can. Max,
0: um, I'll kick the can a little further. I don't really think McCaffrey plays a big role in it. I just think it's Sam Darnold and his struggles. I mean. Week one through three, he balled out, obviously, but they played cakewalks of teams, and he could do that. Versus, I mean, he's a very, very talented receiver. He's 24 years old. Um, he's going to be a free agent after this year, and that's really the only reason I like him and Chris Godwin. is They're going to be free agents. I mean, you never know where they could go, what quarterbacks can go with them and stuff, and he's just very talented. So I, I like the buy-low dip right now, and mm-hmm. I'd be trying to get DJ
2: Moore for anything I can, honestly. Yes. I feel the same way, just to kind of clean things up in my thoughts I think CMC getting back is going to be a huge boost to DJ Moore um, and mostly Sam Darnold, like kind of like, uh, you know, Zach Wilson needs Michael Carter to dump it down to, I think Darnold needs to learn the same lesson. Um, And when CMC's back, they already draw up plays to get the ball in his hands. But when he has a guy like that, that he feels confident throwing the rock to consistently in the game, I think it's going to help his confidence and accuracy going downfield towards DJ Moore. The defenses can't key on DJ Moore either. Um, which is big, even though I don't think that plays much of a role. Um, I know he like dominated Marshawn Lattimore earlier this season, um, a guy that people are afraid of. But I love his upcoming schedule. So he's got New England, um, that's kind of a question mark. You know, if he's if CMC is out for that game, you know Belichick's going to be keen on DJ Moore. Uh, but then he's got Arizona, Washington, Miami, a bye, Atlanta, and then Buffalo, which is a tough matchup, and then Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Um, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans in the fantasy playoffs. So six out of those nine matchups are just fantastic, and that includes the bye. Um, so personally, I'm not worried about it. It's been inefficient, but I'm chasing his volume. He runs the third most routes in the league. He's number five in air yards, third in targets in the league, and is fifth in target share with a 29.5% target share. So I still love him. I'd be buying as much as I could. If people are fire sailing, getting worried, I'm buying
1: that's a very convincing argument. Uh, I guess was- I'll just have to hold. <laughs> I guess I'll have to hold on to Mr. Moore.
0: I was pretty convincing. Those are good numbers.
1: All right. All right. Uh, my bust of the week comes from a pretty consistent fantasy running back this year, but you know what? He does put up a stinker every now and again. Uh, but this week is inexcusable for his stinker. Uh, just on the entire offense, it's uh, DeAndre Swift he was projected 18.62 points against a god awful eagles run defense. Uh the eagles have allowed an average of 11.88 points to the fantasy running back this year and that's with like Leonard Fournette getting like a 20 bond. like they they let like the the easiest running backs just walk all over them. Josh Jacobs had like 16 at the half before he got injured and then Kenyon Drake I think went off for like 14 they, they let up a lot of points to the running back and Swift, as well as the rest of the Lions completely dutted out. Uh, he only had five targets in this game where he's usually sitting around like the eight mark, like on average uh, for only 24 yards. He wasn't able to break that despite terrible Eagles linebackers too, in that run that like terrible run defense wasn't able to find the end zone had 12 rushes for 27 yards, just an absolute stinker of a performance for the lions Now, I don't think it's going to be easy to get Swift, obviously because he's the RB4 right now in uh, half-point PPR leagues, and then I think as well in PPR leagues. But something that I will say, he's on his bye right now. If there's a contender out there that has him that needs a win this week, maybe you can try to do like a quote-unquote equivalent value change Mm
2: -hmm.
1: just to get him somebody to plug into his lineup.
2: Yeah. Max, I feel like you're the resident DeAndre Swift guy. So I feel like you should go on this one. I
0: really, I love DeAndre Swift. I love the Lions. we touched on this before. Um, it was just really discouraging to see this week. Jamal Williams was out a terrible Eagles defense and he put up just a dud. Like Peter said, he had a fumble in there as well. Um, but there's no doubt about it. that The man's talented and he's a pass catching running back and an offense. That's going to be trailing a lot of the game. And we've been waiting for it, but TJ Hawkinson finally had a decent game this week, you know? Um, and I think that didn't help Swift's case. Um, but like Peter said, like if anyone's concerned or anything, especially in a dynasty format, like I would be going out and trying to get this guy or for whatever I can really, I think he's just so talented. I think the coach loves him. Dan Campbell wants to get on the ball more. Um, I was thinking about my argument and everything. And I, I guess before, You go, Jace. I want to ask you guys another keep, trade, cut. Mm -hmm. Um, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, and Clyde Edward D'Elaire. Is this Dynasty? This is a Dynasty podcast. (laughs)
1: Uh, Um, I will keep Swift. I will trade. Wait, who is the other two? Gibson Gibson and Clyde. Mm -hmm. I'll cut Clyde. I'll hold on to Gibson. Oh, so – you're whole, you said you're
2: holding on to Swift. I'll trade. Gibson. Sorry,
1: I'll trade Gibson.
2: Okay. That's the same order for me. Right? Unfortunately, that hurts my heart to say that I would ever cut Clyde. <laughs> They're just all guy. year two running backs, and I feel like
0: Clyde underperformed. Gibson's not living up to his value, and Swift's living up to more than his value. So, absolutely. absolutely. It's all about those windows. But, Jay, still go ahead on Swift.
2: Uh, Yeah, Swift, man, Like I think it was just a really bad week for a really bad team. Um, one thing that I started to dive into a little bit, um, I thought Hawkinson been struggling a lot more than he has the past three weeks. He's had um, last week, so this most previous week, Hawkinson had 11 targets and 10 catches. Uh, the week before that, nine targets and six catches. And the week before that, 11 targets and eight catches. So I was maybe wondering if, you know, we were seeing a new trend where Um, defenses were locking down Hawkinson and Swift was burning them in return. And then maybe this was just a shifted game plan to let Hawkinson have his game. And then maybe just really focus on Swift since William, Jamal Williams, wasn't even there, um, to spell him. So I looked at that, that, that doesn't fall through. Um, that just doesn't add up from the numbers that I'm looking at, but yeah, I just think it was just a really bad game. I think more often than not, they're going to throw him the rock. Jared Goff, he's been you know checking it down to him all season. I think it was just a really bad game um, for him. And, yeah, if, if it hasn't already been said, if there's any sort of dip, go out and buy him. Oh, last thing I wanted to say, uh, DeAndre Swift could be your absolute league winner in the fantasy playoffs. He's got Arizona, tough run defense, but not, not against pass catchers. Um, we saw Aaron Jones smash his prop bet not too long ago. For us, uh, for total receptions, and then he's got Atlanta and then Seattle, wow. so those are three incredible matchups for DeAndre Swift. The Seattle um, matchup just made my eyes, uh, like the my championship round, dude. Championship round Seattle matchup, like wow. that's nice. Yeah. I gotta
1: go make a move. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me too. We'll to see
0: who makes it first. Uh,
1: something that I will just tiny little add: uh, DeAndre Swift probably grew up an Eagles fan being from like right outside of Philly, he went to St. Joe's prep. Maybe that's why couldn't, he couldn't do it to him. He just (laughs) couldn't dog his boyhood club. So maybe that's why he's like, we're down over here in Detroit. But like, if we
2: beat you guys, like, man, I'd be really hurting the hometown (laughs) team. Like I can't do that. We're already down bad enough. Let's just, let's just take a bye week.
1: All right. So that was boom bust of the week. And then we are going to move into our new section, our mid-season overreactions. Again, this is going to be a segment where we take half of the fantasy season, which we basically have this right now, and then we're going to completely overreact. And maybe our overreaction will come true. It has to be like real enough Mm -hmm. that we could see it, but a little bit of a big overreaction. Uh, How do we want to go for the order for this? Start us off start us off yeah yeah we're, I'm, I'm dying are we, are we doing the snake again
0: i only we only have one overreaction each don't we
1: yeah but snake mm-hmm. off of the
2: the I'll previous snake one. off of the original snake who's up then then it's me it's you hey oh man there we go there is no such uh, thing as a coincidence there is not
1: <laughs> all right so i'm gonna start here and i feel weird saying this but i i'm I'm ready to say it, and this is a take that I will stand behind, even though it is a very large overreaction.
2: Stand behind it.
1: Here it is. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end for Travis Kelsey.
0: Oh, brother! This guy stinks.
1: No, uh, say uh, it ain't so. I'll let the audience. I'll let the audience. You know, calm down for a second. <laughs> but you know, we've seen Travis Kelsey kind of stink it up over the last five weeks, right? So this man has scored 20 points consistently every single week. I think it was for like 16 weeks. Uh, And then week four goes against Philly, who have probably the worst linebacker group in the NFL. He puts up 4.3 points, has a couple bounce back weeks against Buffalo and Washington, but you know what his bounce back was 14 points and 14 points then against Tennessee In a game that the Chiefs really needed him to step up, he put up 10 points. And this past week against the Giants with no Blake Martinez, one of the best linebackers, that entire linebacker room is decimated. He puts up 2.7 points. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that his career is over and that he is not viable for fantasy. I'm just saying we are starting to see the beginning of the end for his top three elite finishes. And I really don't know if he will even finish as the number one tight end this year.
2: Oh, hot take. That's my
1: overreaction.
2: But I think finishing as one then, Peter.
1: Mr. Mark Andrews.
2: Andrews. Wow. Okay. Jace, go ahead. I think um it's really good that you clarify that you're not like completely out on him. I cause like personally like I can't see that whatsoever. Like I think, but I do think you're maybe right. You know, like maybe we are at the beginning of the downward trend and we're just, you know, on the, on the second step down. Um, but I don't know. Like when I watch him out there, I know he had a really rough game fumbling the ball, dropping balls. I just think they got green Bay and then they got a buy coming up. So we'll struggle through this week and see what happens. Hopefully it's a high scoring affair. Cause that's when he'll bounce back. But I don't know, man. Like, I, th- I think he's going to get it together and stuff. And for me, he still passes the eye test. I think he looks like same old Kelsey out there running routes, looks fast, looks like he can, uh, you know, get those yards after the catch. So I think it's definitely in the realm of possibilities with his age and how long he's played and the model of consistency that he's been. You know, you never expect the fall off. And then when it happens, everyone's always looking back, like how did we not see that coming? So, and all those you
1: concussions. Know,
2: Dude, that, and I, I just think a lot of this year, I'm personally not worried, like if I'm contending I'm buying, um, I can kind of see what you're saying. But I think a lot of what they're doing right now has to do with Andy Reid and Mahomes. Like, I think if you watched, if you skipped out the the Monday Night Manning and watched the normal broadcast, um they did a great job talking about how Mahomes is just, uh, Mahomes and Andy Reid are so caught up in taking the top off that They're just ignoring all of these, you know, 12-yard out routes, eight-yard out routes, um, seven-yard slants, the dump downs. They're not – they just, like, don't want to sustain long drives. They just seem so dead set against it. And no matter what the game script is, it's like every three plays Mahomes chucks one into triple coverage to Tyreek Hill 55 yards down the field. Like, I I just think they're going to have to shift their game plan, get the ball in their playmaker's hands a lot quicker. So – I think we saw a trend of that Tyreek Hill, you know, a lot of catches in that game, not a whole lot of yardage from the amount of catches he had um, from what you would expect in a yardage standpoint. Um, but hopefully we just see it shift. They, um, because right now defenses just have them figured out right now. Yeah, you said it. You said it very well, Jace.
0: Um, I just think they need to get back to the basics of what was working for them when they went to, to straight two rules. Um, you have an elite talent in Travis Kelsey, and like you said, he does still pass the eye test. I, I don't disagree with your point, Peter. I don't know if that's two double negatives, if that's even grammarly friendly, but I, I think it's a good point, Peter. I I really think that the, the cliff is near, you know, if we're driving down on the Polar Express, like there's, there's some flashing yellow lights definitely ahead of us. So be with trade or – the whole the thing
1: is, is the conductor seeing the yellow lights? That's that's <laughs> what they need to know.
0: Only time mm-hmm. to call on that one, Peter. But I, I, I think that's a pretty solid quote-unquote overreaction. I, I like it, Peter.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest piece of advice that I could draw out of the whole thing is if you're not contending right now and you somehow still have Kelsey on your team, maybe recognize that things could be trending downwards, kind of like what just happened with Derrick Henry. You never know, right? So – recognize what's going on and if he has a big boom game against green bay or coming out of the buy and starts to look good again maybe you know you start looking as uh looking at that as a window to capitalize on a huge trade um and ship him off before there's any risk that he's declining
1: yep absolutely all right chase let's hear your mid-season overreaction
2: Mm. i this one i've actually kind of like I've been holding on to for quite some time. I um I was listening to a, a CBS podcast, the Fantasy Football Today podcast, early in the off season, and they had a guy, a former professional running back named Emory Hunt, on the show, um, who is now a running back scout and fantasy analyst. And he came on the show and said he thinks Daryl Henderson's more talented than Cam Akers, straight up, when they are both healthy. So that's just a little preface to what I'm about to say. My uh, mid-season overreaction is that Daryl Henderson has done enough this season to put Cam Akers into the backup role heading into next season.
1: I absolutely love that. I think it's pretty good, too.
2: Yeah, I just – I the Achilles thing is, you know, I know we saw some workout videos of him doing some shuffle drills and stuff, but, like, Okay, cool. You can do your shuffle drill, but you got to go through, you got to run through an offensive line and run through a defensive line and get smacked by a linebacker. So, you know, one bad hit to that ankle again, and, you know, he could never see the field again. So I think personally, Henderson's doing everything they're asking him to do. He's been staying healthy. He's only missed the one game. Um, He's balling out there, man. So I think if anything, he, you know, I don't think he necessarily—it's a lock that he's going to relegate Cam Akers to backup duties, but I think he's locked himself into a timeshare at least next year when both of those guys are healthy.
1: Yeah, you go, you go first, Max. I want to—I want to hear what you have to say.
2: Yeah, I mean, I owned Cam Akers
0: in a couple of weeks. I went out and bought the dip. Um, it's just—I mean, so cheap, and mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it hurts to go out and try to get Cam Akers. I mean, worst case scenario is that he's the backup role and you paid, I don't know, a second for him. I don't know. You lose a second rounder that probably won't Mm -hmm. hit anyway. Um, But I I think it's very possible. I mean, Daryl Henderson's catching the ball. The Rams offense has looked the best to ever have, which I put, I give that credit to Stafford. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just feel like why fix something that's not broke? You know, like why would you put Cam Akers in? I get you drafted him and he's younger and stuff, but. If Daryl Henderson's doing it, why not stick with the man that's doing it and getting you these wins and taking your team to what I think will be a Super Bowl? So I I don't think it's an overreaction, and uh, I really like a take.
1: I think it's a great take. Henderson has been a great, very underrated pass catcher this season. I've seen it yeah. a lot, seen him coming out of the backfield. And that was the whole thing about Cam Akers is that he was good in the past game too. And Henderson was more of like a downfield runner just because of their bodies, like types and body sizes. Henderson had a, had a rough year last year, but has absolutely bounced back. Stafford is elevating the talent and every single person around him. And I would be hard pressed to be Sean McVay taking the ball out of Henderson's hands next season after seeing how well he's been playing this year.
2: Yeah. And fingers crossed, you know, like, just like Debo, he's got that bad injury history. Um, that's why a lot of people were fading him um, earlier on. And especially like once he broke out this season, I don't think any, like, I shipped him away in a deal for miles Gaskin. Like, I was like, he's going to get hurt. He's got a rib injury already. Like he's going to get hurt, but no, man, he's like a workhorse right now true to the bone. And um, the other thing is too, this is an entirely new system with Stafford to me, you know, like, Um, He's running the ship there. So it's kind of like he's Daryl Henderson's in that new system. Stafford's used to Henderson, like throwing cam Akers in there just might be a wrench in their system. You know, like he might, he just might not mesh well for what they've been doing this season um, coming fresh off that Achilles. So I I don't know, man, like Daryl Henderson, I think, I mean, when I shipped him off, I was like, I don't know about this guy's long-term value, but right now, like it's looking good. So yeah, that's a, that was my overreaction. I think that's pretty solid. Um, hey,
1: Max, let's hear yours.
0: Yeah, you guys don't know what I'm going to say, but Jace, no. actually, Jace actually hints at it. It revolves around Debo Samuel, and right now Debo Samuel mm. is wide receiver four and standard and PPR. I think Debo Samuel finishes outside the wide receiver 30. Um, what? But, what? Yes. What? I, I, He's I, on pace to break
1: Jerry Royce's single-season record.
0: That's great for him. I don't think it's sustainable. I think that what he's been able to do has been able to. He did it against Seattle, Arizona, then a bye week, and then Indianapolis and Chicago, all on the sleeper bot. Those are green schedules um, without George Kittle and with Brandon Ayuk not being in the game plan. Uh, we touched on how he's hurt a little bit. I mean, we've all played sports. If you're hurt, you're just you. You're mentally not in the same state. Um, he's physically not giving the same state. I think that they're getting their running backs healthy with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert and Elijah Mitchell. Like they're running the ball. They want to run the ball more. Kittle's coming back. Brandon Ayuk's going to get the ball more. I just think right now is such a good time to sell Debo Samuel. And I talked to you guys a little bit before the show about a trade I just made and it would revolve around Debo Samuel. And I thought it was a good segue to bring it up here. And then we could talk about it. But um, I traded Debo Samuel a second in 2023 and a third in 2024 this is in a super flex league Mm -hmm. for two first rounders one in 2022 one in 2023 so basically i equivalent it to Debo for two first i think his value is at an all-time high i get he's 25 years old i just don't think it's sustainable and i think he finishes outside the wide receiver
2: 30 dude i think on this podcast if you're going to get anyone to agree to that it would probably be me um but Dude, like, yeah, yeah, man. I just, I feel like I was quite outspoken on my Debo hate this off season, and boy, have I regretted that this far. So, with with Debo, man, I've always still kind of felt the same. Like, I hold those feelings that you're holding right now. We're like, I feel like the injury is just right around the corner. Kittle hasn't been involved. That you hasn't been involved. I feel like it's got to be a little bit of a mirage, but and I also feel like a, a lot of a good chunk of his fantasy points have come on busted coverage plays like yeah. sick. Yeah. And I don't know how that is not sustainable. Defenses aren't going to be breaking down like that all the time. And I don't know, but the one thing, like I, I don't know if I could see him finishing outside of the top 30. Like I think it would take a season in um, season ending injury for that to happen. But I, I could see him outside of like the top, 12 or 15 maybe because his schedule man it doesn't even lighten up one bit listen to this Arizona which we already saw him you know have a good game in that one only three catches but still turned out 14.6 points and half point PPR he's got the Rams tough defense and then Jacksonville Minnesota Seattle Cincinnati Atlanta Tennessee Houston in the championship round like that schedule is immaculate so I don't know man like There's one side of me that's like, yeah, the injury scares me. I could see him finishing outside the top 15. But there's that other part that's like, dude, you've been wrong about this for months. Switch over. He's going to be a top seven guy. So uh, I don't know. That one's tough, man. That one just got me walking a tightrope.
1: Yeah, I love all of ours, actually. I was a little (laughs) nervous about the new segment. I really love all of ours. And I feel like at least one of them is actually going to happen.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. All three. I mean, we're the dynasty monarchy podcast. They're all gonna. Hit.
1: <laughs> it's overreactions for a reason, but hey, if all three of them hit, we gotta have like ESPN or <laughs> Fox or CBS sign us. Mm-hmm, for real, just we'll put us dear.
2: around a like a fortune teller ball. Yes, yeah. we,
1: we just overreact all the time and predict the future. All right, so we're gonna fire through hit and miss of the week pretty quick here. We'll stay with the snake draft. So let's hear it. Max, your hit of the week. My hit of the week? Um, Wow, I wasn't
0: expecting to go first here, Peter. Installed
2: 100-plus guardrails on my beds.
0: (laughs) Guardrails.
2: No, I wish we hit our quota. Um, My hit of
0: the week is that the Houston Astros are not going to win the World Series. Um, They're down 7-0 right now in the bottom of the eighth. I guess they could have a major comeback, but
1: cheaters never yeah, win. Not crazy. Cheaters, cheaters do not win. All right, Jace, your hit.
2: Um, hit of the week, man. Oh, I just started a. I started up baseball lessons with um, an eight-year-old kid that I've been working with for two years, and um, when we first started, he'd never picked up a baseball bat in his life, and his swing, man, it was robotic. It was rusty. Did not look that great, but he showed up today for our first lesson in probably four or five months and looked like he'd been playing professional baseball um, during that time. The dude was just absolutely crushing the ball. I was pitching it to him. He was hitting him right up the middle back to my chest on line drives. Wow! Um, he's learned to turn on the ball and hit it to left field. So that, that blew me away today. Um, his younger brother also joined us. So it was just a really good day on the the baseball lesson front.
1: Is he squishing the bug?
2: No, man. We don't squish the bug. We uh, we drive through the toe. We get into what's called Ooh, the power triangle with the legs. There <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's we don't we don't squish
1: no bugs. I love that. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's awesome. Uh, my hit of the week is the nightmare in New York that took place on Sunday with Mister Mike White. <laughs> Anytime I get to watch the Jets win. I get a little giddy and Max and uh, Jace being Browns fans uh, can understand what that was like. Just being able to see a win, how nice it is.
0: Hey, I I like that they beat the Bengals.
1: Dude, when that was, uh, when that was happening,
2: I texted you a couple of times, dude, I was hyped for you. You Like, like you said, we, we've been us Browns fans, man, pretty much all of Cleveland sports for a while there, man, when LeBron wasn't around, nothing else was going on. Like we had nothing to look forward to. And, You know, any single win meant a ton. So, you know, I was really happy to see the Jets pull that off. And uh, I was excited for you. I was excited for Mike White out there freaking thugging on everyone. So, yeah, that was awesome, dude.
1: My, and we're going to snake it around, my miss of the week was having to leave the Halloween party to get back to work for the next day. I had to leave the Halloween party at like six o'clock on Halloween just to drive back to Philly and, Go to work. Shout out, Big Mike. I'm sorry I had to leave. <laughs> Dang. Sitting there in your costume, drinking water. Like, no. I get up for I work. Like, I, I, I can't drove believe this. Now I got to drive an hour back. Now I got to uh, go to bed sucks. early and be a responsible adult.
2: That stinks, Oof. man. That stinks. You did not right. get a trick. You got a treat. I got oh, the no. opposite. Wrong. I got to get a treat. I got a
1: trick. <laughs> All right, Jace, let's hear your uh, Miss of the Week. Miss of the Week directly relates
2: to fantasy. Um, I had T. Higgins in a lineup over Mike Williams, and I stared at it for probably 30 minutes and had – the deepest internal monologue you could ever have with myself <laughs> I, I i had t higgins in there and i was like he is going to have a good game this week i started him in an 8 man league where there's so much depth and t higgins was like on the waiver wire i was feeling it and i was like looking at those projected points man i was like oh, mike williams is projected like 5 more points but i was worried about new england I went back and forth, back and forth. And I put Mike will in my lineup. And had I made the start to T Higgins, I would have won my matchup this week. And those things, I carry those around those roster decisions. Like you wouldn't believe. I still remember losing a championship, benching Cooper cup for Prashad Perryman in a league. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. That happened. And we listened uh, to
1: fantasy advice from, <laughs> yeah, this is-
2: I distinctly remember he had San Francisco he was kind of banged up. San Francisco had like the best defense in the league at that time. I also, in that same game, started Will Fuller over Julian Edelman because Julian Edelman had like one arm left on his body. And both of those guys went off, would have won a championship. So that's my miss of the week, and it'll probably follow me around all year. So,
0: wow, that's a good one. It leads into my quote, but I, my uh, my miss of the week is the Cleveland Browns football organization. There's, there's, they're, they're so talented and to be four and four is just pathetic to put up ten points against the Steelers at home. It's just... Odell needs to leave. I'll say it.
1: <laughs> oh, it finally came out of that's, his mouth. That's my second victory lap of the episode.
0: <laughs> there's your second victory lap. We're gonna wrap this episode up. I'm gonna do the code of the week here. And uh it kind of goes off of what Jace was talking. It says, even Kings fall, nights die, fire extinguish and memories they fade from the black Phoenix, whoever that Mm. might be. But I I feel like you can relate this to dynasty. I mean, Jace, I guess memories don't fade for Jace, but (laughs) I I picked this book because King Henry, he finally fell off his throne and we don't know if he'll be back the same. We don't know when Travis Kelsey's throne will be off. Um, So everyone at some point will fall off that cliff. So just be careful, watch out for the flashing lights. Some memories will fade if you didn't start Cooper Cup over Brashad Perryman or whatever Jacob's doing. But just stay, stay true, and watch out for the warning signs. Whether that's in life or in fantasy, there's always warning signs.
2: It's good, man. That's solid, dude. I, I love you relating that back to King Henry falling off his throne. That was just that was magical, dude. It's Magic like a
1: Polar Express. It's <laughs> like in The Godfather when The Godfather's he's a, he's sick. No, oh, yeah. I don't,
0: mm-hmm. I don't watch movies before 2000,
1: Peter. He's off this his is game true. and they He's all start scheming against him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to wrap up the episode. And we wanted to give another shout out to our episode sponsor, Game Day Liner. Remember, use the code Dynasty21, all in lowercase, Dynasty21, to get 15% off your purchase at GameDayLiner.com. With that being said, any last thing from the Monarchs before we go? No sir, negative. Go Braves, go Jets, go Cardinals, go Browns. (laughs) I won't say go Eagles because I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna hop on the bandwagon, even though I live in Philly. No bandwagon, Peter. (laughs) I'm on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon. All right, thanks everybody for watching. Peace. Peace, peace. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens!